is the community going to show up when mm-hmm. someone delivers what mm-hmm. they say we lacked and what we right. need to do? Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting. We shall see. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hi, this is Nika Mumford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening and or watching The Snob OS Show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of The Snob OS Show. Um, we are glad to have you back. Um, we just finished up our snobbish show which is our pre-show for our patreon supporters and i'm still a little bit stunned uh from that conversation so if you want to get in on some of the exclusive content definitely um head on over to patreon slash snob os and uh, become a patron and with that said let's go ahead and hop into the show this week where we start with the lowdown where we talk all things apple um, and first up, uh, this week, um, I don't, I won't speak for Terrence, but my fave, uh, social media, um, service Twitter, they have, um, started testing a dislike button. Um, it's not, of course, rolled out to the full Twitter audience. It's on, um, for limited users. Um, and it's essentially kind of like your upvote, downvote, um, that you see on some other, um, sites. Um, and right now, um, what happens is if you have this feature, uh-huh. this dislike feature, downvote, upvote, whatever you want to call it, um, you can downvote something or dislike something, but it will not show on the interface. And what Twitter's um, chief product officer, Kayvon Baykapoor, I hope I said that right. If I didn't, sir, I apologize. Um, he's saying that right now that Twitter is only using that um, for internal metrics, meaning they are trying to gain a better understanding of the topics and replies that a particular user might write, uh, might like. And he says, quote, dislikes aren't public or visible to the author, while likes are. They both help us understand what people think is valuable to the conversation. So um, again, it has not been said how long this test is going to last, if it's going to be implemented down the line, um, as a fully integrated feature, but how do you think Twitter users will respond to this new dislike button if it is implemented? My thoughts as you were reading that was yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the sense that this the Twitter of all social media platforms needs this the most. They do it on YouTube where you can dislike something or downvote, you know, um, downvoting is popular on Reddit where you can downvote something. YouTube, you can dislike something. I think in Facebook, you can dislike something. I don't remember. But anyway, um, Twitter needs this the most because there are some people on the internet, on Twitter specifically, that need some 
dislikes because the reason why I'm not on Twitter as much is because of some of the craziness that tends to happen on Twitter. And I think if publicly you could see that whatever you thought was going to be the hottest of hot takes, mm. the 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 analytic of hot pieces, think pieces, nobody likes them all that much. Uh, I think that maybe could go maybe not a long way, but mm-hmm. it could go a ways to kind of maybe filtering out at the very least or at the most clearing up some of the stuff that goes along uh, that happens on Twitter. So the fact that the dislikes it's kind of hypocritical that the likes are public, but the dislikes aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see why I get it. I see why they're trying to do the dislikes to find out what people think is valuable to the conversation. But I guess what is the compromise, right? Mm-hmm. If dislikes aren't public, what do I get out of disliking something outside of understanding what people think is valuable to the conversation? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, let's just say Twitter does this internal thing. They find they, they, there's a particular tweet that everybody or a majority of people downvote. Does that remove that tweet automatically from the conversation? Flagging of some sort? I mean, Twitter understanding what people think is valuable is not going to stop people from actually saying it. A public dislike button may some cause somebody to pump their brakes the next time they say something that they think is going to get all this or whatever, or just being mean or malice, because there's that too. People are just on Twitter or will comment something in some of the worst ways, <laughs> you know, see what, what's old girl, um, what's her name? We talked about Chrissy Teen. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you gotta, if you put out something mean or malice or just terrible to somebody, and everybody downvoted or disliked it, that may stop you, slow your roll from mm-hmm. saying something else again. So, while this is a good idea, I think it should go farther than just helping Twitter understand what people think is valuable, because you're not going to stop anybody from saying stuff by quietly in the background saying, "Oh, people don't like that." Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what? But I think the other thing that I that can possibly this could be helpful for, I know a lot of people like and retweet certain things, not because they agree with it, but they want a visible uh, to bring visibility to whatever's being said or whatever's being shared so that people can see it. Because a lot of times people post stuff and it kind of gets lost in the abyss or Mm -hmm. if someone with a high profile or a lot of followers retweets it, then it gains traction and more people see it and it just Mm -hmm. grows and gets bigger and bigger. So I think that's possibly one way it could be beneficial. But Mm -hmm. again, they have to share the dislike in order Mm -hmm. for that to even be effective. Right, right. Yeah, so... um, Personally, like I mentioned, uh, Twitter, of all places, I think, needs a dislike button because, again, there's some crazy stuff out there. So hopefully, at the very least, hopefully, um, whether public or private or, you know, uh, internal, Mm -hmm. uh, Twitter actually uses that information to do something with it. Again, you can't stop people from saying things that people will dislike, but... I don't know. Maybe there'd be an automatic filter. You know, I don't know their algorithms. I don't know their filtering, but maybe a, a strong amount of dislikes would affect some sort of re- um, relevancy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I would definitely all that to say I would like a public dislike on Twitter because that would be 
interesting in and of itself. Right. Definitely. Because uh, it's it's pretty wild. And mm-hmm. Twitter is, for all of its, you know, the good things about the site, um, there's definitely a... It's definitely a wild, wild. It's a lot. Place. It's a lot to handle. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get back into Twitter a little bit more simply because I want to make sure that I, not necessarily trying to stay relevant, but I do want to, uh, um, trying to get back in just to see. Because Twitter's the news. Right. And <laughs> to see personally on a personal note how I utilize Twitter. When I don't necessarily need it, mm-hmm. um, you know, I used to be a blogger. I used to be in the social game and, you know, that was brand exposure. You know, uh, we, we're still in it because we yeah. run this podcast. So we definitely tweet from here and there to let people know new shows, things of that nature. But you can't disagree with the power that social media has. But personally, I want to see how I interact with Twitter when I'm my sole purpose is it. Well, let me get this tweet out so I can get people to do something or mm-hmm. see something or read yeah. something or click something, you know? Yeah. So that's my new personal experience experiment nice. rather. Yeah. Well, I'm there because it's so much entertainment, <laughs> but at the same time, there are so many times I have to be like, let me get off of here because yes. I am enraged. Yes, um, especially with the stuff that I saw, all the slave stuff, like over the yeah. last two days, I'm like, yeah. where'd all the slave stuff come from? I mean, it's just right. like Slave Day. I mean, slave, 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 slave. everything. You got the, the guy who wrote Slave Play out here right. bigging up in a lady who molested her sister and, you know, allowed other teens to get molested. You got the pictures from the, what do you call the wedding uh, things? Yeah, the engagement yeah. photos. Yeah, they, they were getting engaged and they used a slave thing because, of course, the couple was multiracial. The guy was black. The lady was white. And he used it as the slave falling in love with the slave master as a backdrop for their wedding pictures, which I, that's all I can explain without losing my mind. So you'll have to do your research. Do your Googles them. because it yeah. is um, it's prevalent yes. and uh, lots of people are, are retweeting it and talking about it because it's just obscene. Yeah, it's obscene. And, and the quote on the post is even worse than the pictures. Oh, 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 I, I didn't see all that. I just saw pictures and like, yeah, this is enough for me. So all that to say, um, all around the world to say stuff like that needs a dislike button. <laughs> definitely. 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 All right. So the next few things we're going to talk about this week um, um, is related to a bunch of updates that have um, come from uh, Apple um, regarding uh, macOS update. Um, we'll talk about Big Sur updates, but I know it was also update if you're still on Mojave and if you're still on Catalina um, and also updates for um, iOS uh, 14, I think we're on dot seven and iPadOS 14.7. So let's mm-hmm. start with the um, Big Sur um, updates and uh, improvements. So um, it went live today, today, which is Wednesday, July 21st. Um, And what, uh, you know, I don't know if you're talking, I think you're talking about something else in the hookup, but to see if you're eligible for an update, go to system preferences, or you can just click the little Apple icon in the top. 
and go down to system preferences and software update to and click the software update button to see if it is available for you. It will be macOS 11.5. And uh, most of the updates for this release um, are to improve security. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know how important security is, not only to you as an individual or as a company, but it's also quite important to Apple to make sure that all of their customers um, are are as secure as possible. Mm-hmm. So some of the improvements include um, on the podcast library tab, it uh, allows you to see all the shows or only the shows that you follow. That's not necessarily a security risk, but it's just a nice to have, make it easier if you are listening to your podcasts on your uh, laptop. Right. Um, and, and we just want to make sure that people know the security thing. And it seems like this is always the issue. Uh, and I'll just read the story. Sure, go for Mac it. OS 11.5 includes patches or flaws that could allow applications to execute arbitrary code with kernel privileges. Execute arbitrary code, kernel privileges. That seems like that's always the that's issue. A, and I think with, what happens is, you know, there's no such thing as bug-free code. And every right. time they release something, someone goes and finds another exploit that's buried deep, deep, deep down mm-hmm. in there somewhere that they they either find themselves or someone else reports it. And so it's like, okay, so now we gotta we gotta fix this too. Right, which is probably why Mac uh, specifically. You know, they want to control everything in the app store because this is what you get when people can just create software and throw and it up there, download it from wherever. You know, mm-hmm. you can't do that in iPhone. Uh, now you, that you can make the argument that iPhones are more safer than Androids because of this reason. But just reading this this um, patch, you know, I'm pretty sure these applications that allow you to execute arbitrary code from kernel privileges did not come from the Mac app store. Pretty sure it's something you can just download off the internet. Mm -hmm. So that's just out in that soapbox thing for there. (laughs) So that's the biggest, you know, thing. I think that's, that's the most important. And as always, if there is a security, if there is a new release to whether it be your um, Mac OS, iOS, iPad OS, watch OS, all the OSs related to Mac, it's probably a good idea to go ahead and do the update um, anyway. But when they specifically call out specific security issues, it's definitely, definitely advan- advantageous of you to make sure that you do the update to make sure that you are secure. Um, some other fixes include um, for the uh, music app, I don't use, I think you use Apple Music a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's not updating, updating how many times you play a particular song or album mm-hmm. or something or what's well, in your last played library. Yeah, that kind of goes to the algorithm. You know, if uh, Apple Music shows that I played this one song on repeat a hundred times, mm-hmm. then, you know, this says, oh, well, maybe maybe he likes this song. <laughs> <laughs> Let me suggest some other things, but if it's not updating that play count, then you know it really doesn't help you personalize your music your library. Playlist, yeah. And then the last play date in your library, you know, that could be again it goes to the algorithm of okay, well, if you haven't played this in two years, then maybe we need not to push this to the top when you open up the music app and looking for music. 
Yep. And the other thing it mentions, I'm not sure what this is in reference to. Maybe you know, Terrence, smart cards may not work um, when you log into your Mac, uh, uh, M1 Mac. Uh, smart cards are the, the way you uh, view, um, way you organize your, um, your um, desktop on your, your Mac. There's a new, oh, yeah, the little car thing. Oh, okay. I didn't realize yeah, that's yeah. what it was called. Mm. I just called it like rainbow box because there's a bunch <laughs> of colors in there. <laughs> Um, all right. Um, and it does mention in this article that we're reading from in 9to5Mac that, um, uh, Mac OS Monterey, the latest build, um, they did their third beta, um, with some changes, um, related to the design of Safari. So, um, I guess we will continue to, uh, wait for that to be available, um, in the meantime. So that's it on macOS. Um, and did I close? Did I not open it? Maybe I didn't. <laughs> I thought I had it open, but I guess I don't. Um, so the updates for iOS um, 14.7, iPad 14.07, and there was also um, an update for watchOS 7.6. Um, for 14, for iPad OS, uh, not, yeah, I guess we can start with iPad OS, even though that was not where I originally planned to start. Okay. So we're not, we're going to go back to iPad OS because it's further down in there. Um, so yeah, so this was released, uh, today, Wednesday as well. Um, and of course security fixes, um, are including this update as well, which makes sense if they found an issue. On the macOS side, it's likely that it is going to be in the other ones as well. Um, according to this article, again, from 9to5Mac, it fixes an array of security bugs, ranging from WebKit vulnerabilities to Find My vulnerabilities and more. Um, it says specifically that the security um, uh, updates uh, website um, didn't make any mention of this Pegasus spyware. Mm -hmm. Um, that I think was, this was the one that I think, um, got, um, that hit Microsoft. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm mm -hmm. not thinking of, if I'm not mixing them up. Right. Uh, and it was weird, right? Because like I said, I work in the mobile IT field and we pay close attention to security, uh, issues as it relates to iOS updates. And normally when Apple releases a iOS update, you know, do you, for more information, click this link. Mm -hmm. And right when they release an update, they tell you all the cool stuff, all the stuff people want. You know, this fixes that. This makes this to do that. Mm -hmm. the, they also list the security stuff. Well, in this update, they listed the update, but they didn't say anything about immediately, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't say anything about any sort of security uh, patches or flaws. They just said, you know, Security updates, just mm -hmm. like just like reading it on a website, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that you know, it was, that was puzzling. Then they went after like a day later, and then mentioned the uh, security updates. So that was odd. Um, that they didn't I just up up front say what right, the updates right. so were I don't for. Know if maybe they did and then pulled it back because it has something to do with this Pegasus spyware, and they wanted to figure out the right way to word it or the mm -hmm. right way to say it or 
whatever the case may be. But I, that was kind of strange that Apple didn't immediately make aware what specific security vulnerabilities in iOS 14.7 were uh, was I, iOS 14.7 was fixing mm-hmm. until like a day later. Yeah, and it's saying that this Pegasus spyware, it apparently was pretty bad. It targeted human rights activists, lawyers, journalists, and politicians. And apparently um, it uses iMessage, mm-hmm. um, which delivers a zero-click attack, which based on a zero-click attack, it means that you don't have to click anything for mm-hmm. it to start replicating through your Whenever system. It's, it's, it's there, and... Mm-hmm. Whoever is controlling it, whether it's a remote release thing or a time release thing or however they have this particular piece of spyware working, um, you don't have to do anything to make it do what it's going to do. It just does it when whoever created it wanted it to do whatever it does. So, gotcha. so yeah. Um, and so uh, they did ultimately in this article list the full details of the security fixes Mm-hmm. For both iPad and uh, iOS 14.7. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says here, the important thing to consider here, however, is that Apple does not say that any of the security vulnerabilities patched in iOS 14.7 and iPadOS 14.7 were actively exploited in the wild, meaning that they have security fixes for each of these things, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that these um, vulnerabilities were actually um, activated. Of, yeah. Right. And looking at this list, it's a long list. It's very, very long. Of course, we'll <laughs> definitely put the the link in the show notes, but it is, it's really long. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm trying to count as I go. I'm up to like 15 already, and I may be halfway through the list. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. So all this to say, yikes. <laughs> I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. It affects, looks like Wi-Fi. We all know how important Wi-Fi is um, to us. Some other lesser known, but even more important um, uh, apps as well. Of course, we mentioned Find My. Um, It's a lot. And um, if you're listening to this, I would say go ahead and get your your update on because... um, This is a lot. And again, you know, this is not meant to alarm anybody. And again, as the article said, Apple didn't say that any of these security flaws are exploited. Um, It could be um, a preemptive fix or in some instances, it could be a reactionary fix. They don't say so. We don't know. But all that to say, um, update your devices. (laughs) (laughs) To, to make your life a little bit easier and hopefully your data um, a bit more safer. All right. Um, I think the last thing we have in the lowdown um, is apparently something with um, Apple Watch. Yeah, a little good news, bad news if you update the iOS 14. The good news is your device will be more secure. The bad news is you may have some issues. Use your phone if you to unlock your Apple Watch. There's a feature when you pair them together that will allow you to, instead of on your watch, 
typing in the security code to unlock your watch, which if you got fat fingers like me, it takes a couple tries. <laughs> uh, once your watch is on your wrist and your watch senses that your uh, watch is on your wrist, you can unlock your phone and then that will automatically say, OK, well, he's got his watch on. He already uh, proved who he was by unlocking the phone. Let's go ahead and unlock the watch as well. Well, with this latest iOS, 4, iOS 14.7 update, um, if you have a model that requires you to use Touch ID, which is using your finger or your thumb to unlock your Apple, um, to unlock your phone, you may not be able to do that automatic unlock to also unlock your watch. Um, in order to get around this, it uh, looks like, based on this story, Apple states that you will have to revert to actually type in your passcode on your Apple Watch every time you put it on. Of course, if you forgot your passcode, you'll have to reset your watch via, um, you'll have to reset your Apple Watch. But if you are an enterprise, yay, um, you will have to unpair, erase, and set up your Apple Watch from scratch. Yikes. <laughs> Apple states this issue will be addressed in an upcoming software update, but does not have a time scale on the fix. Maybe 14.7.1 will fix that maybe in another week or so, according to the story. In addition to that, um, a little bit more good news, bad news. <laughs> One of the things that I've noticed that I haven't noticed before when I use this feature, because I use this feature a lot, is when you normally when you did it before iOS 14.7, you would just hear the and feel the taptic feedback of your watch unlocking when you unlocked your phone. Now in iOS 14.7, there's a cool little graphic that comes down from the top to let you know that since you've unlocked your phone and you have your watch on, it's letting you know that it's going to unlock your Apple Watch as well. The same feature they had it in when you used your uh, watch to unlock your computer, your Mac. Mm -hmm. It would have a little thing down that would drop down, let you know that we're unlocking. Um, but what I've mentioned, saw per, per, uh, personally, is the time that it takes for your watch to unlock when you unlock your phone is significantly longer after iOS 14.7. So that's something I noticed personally with my phone. Now I have an iOS, um, an iPhone 12 Pro Max. So, and I have an, uh, the latest Apple Watch. What watch is this? Are we on Five, six. six? We're on I six. Yeah, so I've got the newest gadgets, and it is taking considerably longer to unlock my watch using my phone, even though it has a cute little graphic. So <laughs> that's just something to be aware of if you use that feature, especially if you have Touch ID. Again, I have a daughter that has a Touch ID phone. And she has an Apple Watch. So I'm after this, after our, after our podcast, I'm going to go upstairs and fiddle, fiddle with her stuff and see if that's See if it's a case. difference. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is it for the lowdown. Let's head on over to Second String, where we talk all over tech. Um, there wasn't a whole lot in Second String this week because most of the conversation um, has revolved around Jeff Bezos and his space drive-by odyssey <laughs> um and the media i don't know if he paid these folks or what but i mean it's pretty much been basos 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 everywhere right. everywhere 
I don't even think Richard Branson got this much attention. Granted, mm-hmm. Bezos is significantly more wealthy, even though they're both billionaires and have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They have like a whole little sit down with the people that went on. Apparently, the youngest person to go into space was on his team. There was uh, an older lady and then another guy. All white. So not much diversity there. I think that's where Branson kind of one upped him. Um, I think he had an all female crew and um, it was diverse. I think, right. don't quote me on that. Google it just to make sure. <laughs> but I know that it was more diverse than, than what Bezos took. So it wasn't a whole lot. But today it was announced that the once cult favorite clubhouse is no longer invite only. Um, it is now open to the public mm-hmm. on today. Um, they currently have about 10 million people on the waiting list. So you could download the app, register your username and kind of get put on the wait list. Of course, if someone referred you, um, mm-hmm. if someone gave you a code or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be, you could go ahead mm-hmm. and skip the wait list and go ahead and start using the app. Um, but now since it is open to the public, um, folks are going to start getting taken off of that 10 million person wait list. Um, according to, um, Clubhouse, um, they aren't the, the co-founders, uh, Paul Davidson and Rohan Seth, they aren't going to just click a button and automatically approve all 10 million at once. Um, it will be a gradual introduction of these folks onto the app, which makes perfect sense because I've only maybe been on Clubhouse once or twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had access for weeks before I even, one, knew it, and two, mm-hmm. <laughs> even went on there. And I still haven't listened to anything on the app. Um, I've made notes of things that I want to join, but I never joined, especially mm-hmm. when all the other girls made their audio portion available from jump to all of their users. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it wasn't really a need because you got spaces, you got the Facebook audio thing, even though I've never used that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only used the, the Twitter spaces for the audio content, okay. gotcha. but um, now that it's open, um, everybody will be able to to get in. And again, like I said, um, it'll be gradual. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes sense because they need to scale it. They don't need 10 million new people on the app at one time, just dragging mm-hmm. down the performance, which makes sense. They are they were a startup, I guess are a startup. I don't know how they classify themselves. But um, in either case, they are going to slowly introduce, they don't, give specifics, I believe, about mm-hmm. the number of people they're going to do at a time. But um, they are going to start letting those folks in. I'm assuming it's probably going to be by who signed up first, I would assume. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, yeah, so they said it's going to be coming in waves um, and uh, welcoming. Oh, um, welcoming new faces each week in our Wednesday orientations, um, and a That's Sunday like, town hall. Yeah. 
Forget all that. <laughs> they better open up fire holes and let all these people in immediately. I know you scaling. I'm not a developer. I know you know all the inside track on, you know, you don't want to bog down the whatevers or the APIs or the, the cross the EPs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but what Clubhouse better do is open up the fire holes and let all these people in because ain't nobody talking about Clubhouse no more. They say in a statement, they say, um, where was it? Uh, while the invite only system worked well for scaling, it's time to open conversations up to everyone. Yeah, that might have worked. Code for talk for people are taking up our market space, so we better get in here and reclaim our turf. Right. Um, read a little bit farther. It says um, uh, its popularity has waned in the recent months. In April of this past, you know, just this past April, downloads the app reportedly fell to only nine hundred thousand as competition increased from the likes of Twitter, like you mentioned, Facebook, Spotify, some of these other ones. Y'all not slick. Nope. I read all this talking about the subtext to open it up to everyone. It's been what almost what probably People. a year and a half. Probably probably about as long as we've been in the pandemic. They've had this invite only, and now they see they got some real competition, and the competition is actually pretty good. It and people not checking for them. Nobody's talking about Clubhouse anymore. Not at the rate that they used to. Yeah. There may be some people talking about it, but what, three, six months ago? That's all anybody was ever How can I get about. an invite? Can somebody give me? Can somebody I mean, invite people me? people were paying me. for invites. That was like crack to get a clubhouse invite. But it was that only because it was so exclusive and exclusionary. People wanted to be in, in the know and all and that I stuff. I get it. I get it. That works. But only for so long. They, I, think they they over, I think they overshot it. I right. think they, they waited too long. They should have done it as soon as the, the hype. <laughs> buzz and the hype started to wane. They waited too late. Now we're talking about space and rich people and billionaires and Olympics and COVID and Delta variants. And you at the bottom of the news cycle, bro. You are at the bottom <laughs> of the news cycle. So now all of a sudden it's time to open it up, which why I say don't don't phase people in. Don't stagger them. Let them all in. That's a good problem to have. A good PR move is to talk about how Clubhouse's uh, servers crashed because all of the people let in. They can flip the that for positive. That, yeah. Right. So, yeah. But y'all ain't fooling nobody. I see you. <laughs> They are, they got, uh, I'm pretty sure, a top notch PR team because they are spinning this to make it seem like they're being the generous king, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to their subjects to to give them a little bit more porridge. Right. So to right. Speak. Now you're trying to get that, that, this, uh, that, that, that velvet rope at mm-hmm. that exclusive only club when you had that long line. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's going over next door to the other club that opened up. Now the velvet rope has disappeared. Too late now. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the other club, um, we talk a lot of times about we need to do our own. We need to have our own. We need to not depend on these people outside of the community, outside of the culture, meaning black culture, black community. We need to, we need to start our own thing and, and get in on some of this market space. Well, 
Someone has done that for Clubhouse. So, Ayinte Alakoye, again, apologies um, if I mispronounce the name, but um, he has created his own um, platform. I do not know how to pronounce this, but it's spelled Needle. N-E-D-L, and there's an an accent mark over the E. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that accent mark does to the pronunciation. My apologies again. Um, but yeah, so he has launched his own voice chat uh, social platform. Mm-hmm. And what's even more, um, I guess, amazing about this is it is currently valued at about $1 billion. That's B mm-hmm. and for not billion. Only that. He's not some dude that just decided to say, hey, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do a clubhouse type thing, you know, looking at his um, credentials. You know, some of his, yeah, he he once worked as a speech contributor and message advisor for Barack Obama in 2008. In addition to that, which makes sense because this new app called Needle, I'm going to call it Needle. Okay, we're going to go with um, Needle. Is they can create a radio show, which is live complete with transcription of spoken words right so i think facebook spaces has it um to where when people are talking you can actually they'll do the transcription the closed caption yeah yeah closed caption right i don't even think clubhouse does that Mm -mm. i think it's just audio right and spaces i don't believe spaces does either right right um yeah i i yeah make a good point i don't know because i don't do it (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen anything where you could get closed captioned. It could be yeah. there. I've just never seen it on Spaces. But all that to say, um, not only does this give um, people who feel marginalized, who feel disenfranchised, who don't are not included, give them their own platform. It's competitive. Mm-hmm. It's not just something else it's like they are actually adding value Mm -hmm. to something that comes in handy when you know you're just you know it gives you audio and it but it still gives you the visual with the closed captions yeah so what he's basically done is took something that was already quite popular and used by different companies different social media platforms he's not only taken that idea and that concept um, geared it towards uh, black creatives, but he's also added in the extra layer of being, you know, culturally and um, socially aware to make sure that his platform is not ableist, to make sure that folks who may not necessarily get, who, you know, may be hard of hearing, um, may have hearing deficiencies, um, that they can participate um, in this social media game, whereas they may not get that same um, opportunity on some of these other platforms. Yeah, and it's called Needle because oh, it if is you read needle. down, okay. yeah, if you read down a little bit further, um, the live audio platform called Needle, as in the haystack. So if you think Needle in a haystack, mm. that's where you know uh, Chance Experience having their own live radio station product provides a unique URL equipped with SMS alerts, the ability to take callers and more, according to the interview. So think of it as a I mean, not think of it as it is mm-hmm. a live radio show to where you can take callers 
instead of just doing this, you know, however clubhouse and space do it, they kind of do something different moderators and mm-hmm. people in the weight room, whatever they do, you know, this is more lingo that people are more familiar with. Mm-hmm. If you have a radio show, you can take in quote unquote callers, but you can also send out SMS alerts, you know, instead of just doing the in-app notification that somebody you follow or somebody you want to listen to or whatever, you actually get SMS alerts. So again, it's not just something that, oh, well, we want to do our own thing. It's actually you've seen what's out there and you're actually adding value to that. And additionally, Needle is one of 12 startups in Google's inaugural voice AI accelerator. Um, we're reading okay. this from blackenterprise.com. Um, and so as you mentioned, it's not just, you know, something that someone haphazardly thought. It has mm-hmm. the financial backing mm-hmm. of uh, companies like Google. So um, it's paid as dues. Yes. More or less. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see because, you know, present company included. We always complain about well, you, we were not represented mm-hmm. and, you know, all of the. The things we throw out there, mm-hmm. you know, now we know there's something out there comparable. You mm-hmm. know, we've, 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 we've put out all the benefits and the feature ad and the value ad and all that stuff. It'll be interesting to see if they can actually grow this thing to the same clip or to a similar clip that black folks particular ran over the clubhouse when they started opening it up to you know, uh, artists and, you know, all the people that they kind of opened it up to this time last year. And then we kind of, all right, we, we could take it from here. Mm-hmm. Right. And kind of made it into the darling that clubhouse ended up being. Yeah. It'd be interesting if we can do that same thing for something that we've been asking, asking for. for. Yeah. <laughs> is the community, is the community going to show up when mm-hmm. someone delivers what mm-hmm. they say we lacked and what we right. need to do? Mm-hmm. So, it will be interesting. We shall see. We shall see. I'm definitely going to download it and, and uh, you know, kind of see what it's about. Um, mm-hmm. All right. That's it for second string. Let's head on over to for the culture. So there are a couple of things in here we kind of talked about before we started recording um, mm-hmm. what we want to talk about. I think we've given Bezos enough attention today. Um, so I, I think... I want to get your thoughts, and I guess it depends on maybe how long this conversation goes, if we talk more basis or not. Um, It's become uh, abundantly clear that some of the heavyweights in the Republican Party, primarily the majority Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, uh, Sean Hannity, who is the Fox News god to those folks who watch the show... Both of these individuals are now going on record, um, Mm -hmm. Hannity on his show and McConnell at a press conference, urging people to go and get the vaccine. Okay. Too little or too late? um, So I want to read this. um, A quote from Mitt Romney. He says, I found this uh, story in the New York Times. He says, which, again, kind of to take what you just said, almost pits conservative media against Republicans in politics when typically, traditionally, they've been lockstep. Mm-hmm. Um, this quote I've read says, from Mitt Romney, 
Uh, we don't control conservative media figures as far as I know. At least I don't, Senator Mitt Romney of Republican Utah says. Uh, that being said, I think it's an enormous error for anyone to suggest that we shouldn't be taking vaccines. Look, the politicization of vaccination is an outrage and frankly, moronic. So again, like I said, you know, you've got some other uh, Republicans who um, um, who favor vaccinations, Mitt Romney and some others, uh, are pointing out names like uh, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Rand Paul of Kentucky, who always is fighting with Fauci. And Fauci just came for him the other day. I was like, get him Fauci. Hello, Brooklyn. (laughs) Right. Um, They're calling out people like them. And also, like I mentioned, uh, conservative media, uh, uh, media personalities, Tucker Carlton, like you mentioned, you mentioned Sean Hannity as well. So it's interesting to see how this is going to play out because again, they've spent the last 18 months. Right. Not only that, Obama, Obama again, uh, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump, Republicans have been, they've been in lockstep with each other credit. They organize, they cooperate, they get the daily, daily speaking points, bullet points. And that's what everybody sticks to. Even if they disagree with it (laughs) until now. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that kind of plays out, you know, with the conservative Republican uh, base, you know, politicians, media, all those people. So uh, to your question, uh, too little, too late. Um, I hope not. I hope people finally start to see that this is serious business and it's not just a politics thing, which is um, so sad Mm -hmm. that people have taken masks on the small scale as, okay, well, if you're wearing a mask, you are are, uh, a Democrat or a liberal. If you're not wearing a mask, you are a Republican and or a conservative. That's so dumb. I mean, it, just to think about it, it's oh, just surprised. No, I'm not. But <laughs> unfortunately, uh, yeah. And then to to the larger part, vaccinations. How hard you push vaccinations has some sort of bearing on what side of the aisle you fall on. You know, Repub- Democrats were pushing it too hard. Republicans, you're not pushing it hard enough. Maybe we need to stop pushing vaccinations. You know, you hear about the story in Tennessee that they fired the director of some sort of health thing because she merely suggested that middle school adolescents, 12 and ups may be able to get the vaccination, even if their parents don't agree. The mere mention of that, Tennessee said, not only we're going to fire you, not only we're going to speak out against forcing people to get vaccinations, which nobody's even thinking about forcing them. We're going to stop pushing all vaccinated. Nobody gets vaccinated for nothing. (laughs) So all that to say, it's sad, uh, but I hope it's not too late. I hope uh, this finally, this infighting um, starts to show people that while it's sad that it has been politicized, the fact that they're fighting shows that it should not be. Mm -hmm. Because if the, the groups are fighting amongst each other, that should automatically kind of rule out any sort of politicization altogether. Mm-hmm. Say, look, let's just get the vaccination so we can 
so we can stop fighting amongst ourselves, yeah. <laughs> let alone fight with the other side. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's very interesting that, um, you know, all of this is now coming to a head, so to speak. And I, and I have to wonder if it's because, um, there was this memo floating around on Twitter that showed, uh, in the Fox news, um, offices that basically said, you know, thank you for being vaccinated and you can't come in if you're not vaccinated. So it's basically everything for the last 18 months that they have been saying not to do all of these people who they're listening to got the vaccine months ago. I hope that's not the case. I saw that sign. I took it as fake <laughs> to use the term. <laughs> I use it as I saw it as fake news mm-hmm. um, because I really hope that's not the case. I hope I hope that publicly they were not saying, be careful out there. We don't know what's going on. Are you sure you want to? And then all the while they've been got their vaccinations because they couldn't come to work without it. I hope that's not the case again. I, I think it probably it. is because <laughs> Donald Trump got the vaccine really early in this process. And he was still telling people essentially drink some bleach yeah. after he had already gotten the vaccine. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised by this. And um, what's the, the, the QAnon queen, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. They asked her specifically if she got the vaccine, and her first things were your first question. The first question you asked me violates my HIPAA rights. I don't have to disclose uh, my medical records or my vaccine records. So that tells you right there that she has it because if she didn't have it, yes, I told you guys we shouldn't trust the vaccine and I'm not that's getting it. So, and number one, that's not how HIPAA works. That is not how <laughs> they cut, they learn one little buzzword, like all pretty much like this whole critical race theory deal. My cousin is attorney and he was like, we spent three months on this in law school. They don't teach critical race theory nowhere else except for law school. You are equating critical race theory with what is essentially black history. (laughs) That's what you're equating those two. And they couldn't be further from from the same from relate. They're not even the same family. That's why we got people out here taking slave um, uh, wedding pictures. Wedding pictures. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You would think. Uh, a common enemy like COVID-19 would bring us together, but it is not. It actually made the separation even larger, which is unfortunate. And, and, and uh, deathly. Yeah. 600,000 people in this country alone, deathly. And the numbers are climbing back up every single day uh, now. So, All right. so Yeah. All right, looking at our time, I think we're going to go ahead and hop on over to the hookup um, for our tech tip of the week. Brother Tech, what do you have for us on this week? Well, what do I have for you specifically Uh (laughs) this week? Um, uh, My homegirl, Stephanie Humphreys, a.k.a. Tech Tech Life Steph on social media, she hipped me to... Uh, this website called Go Get Vax. 
and basically it does two things. Uh, one of the things it does is um, you can get COVID-19 tested. You can go to this website, find out where you can get your test and make sure you are um, COVID free and get the proof. Another thing it does, what I wanted to talk about is you can actually go here. This is one of the few places that I've seen to where it makes it the easiest and seems more official to get a free vaccine passport for your phone. So a digital passport that you can use if you, like Nika, travels all the time, <laughs> maybe even internationally uh, for live shows and employers. So if you are, you know, working from home, you know, your company is about to call you back in to work, you have to somehow prove that you have been vaccinated. You can use this Go Get Vax website in as little as a couple of steps. You can actually add your vaccination passport in quotes to your Apple wallet, similar to where, you know, if you bought tickets and you can add it to your Apple wallet, if you got rewards cards, if you got, you know, any sort of way to, you know, pay, scan for things, you can add it to your Apple wallet, like airline tickets, the like, mm -hmm. um, you can now add your vaccine passport to your Apple wallet to where you just open up that, that, uh, um, card, they can scan it. Of course, in order to get it on there, you have to scan your ID to prove who you are and you have to enter in your vaccination information, like which one you got. When did you get it and actually take a picture of your card? Once you do those things, um, they'll send you information and boom, you can add that to your Apple wallet. So that is my tip for the week. Nice. Uh, if you need a vaccine passport for travel, for your job, uh, this is one of the most officialist, if that's a word, <laughs> places that I've seen that makes it simple to actually add that to your iPhone. Nice. Cool. I will definitely check it out and take a look, see about, see what it's about to see if it's something that I want to and participate little, in. And a little note, it is HIPAA compliant, <laughs> unlike Major Taylor Green, her, uh, however she thinks HIPAA is. What that means is they go get Vax, a public company is not going to share your health information i.e. your vaccination records not you telling somebody else your own personal information right that's not how HIPAA works this this HIPAA way is the right way you enter in your personal identification and your health records your vaccination uh, records they are not this company is not going to share it so yeah. that's how HIPAA works and I know <laughs> that it can be played to be racist and exclusionary but sometimes I really think there should be some sort of educational something for you to 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 be able to have this kind of platform as a government official to spew all this lies. I mean, I'm not even going to call it misinformation. It's outright lies because I I want to say I find it hard to believe that someone could be this in, uninformed or ignorant about basic United States regulations as their, an elected official. Position given their position as a political official. But alas, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> All right. That is our show for this week. 
definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Definitely hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SnobOSCast. I'll be more likely to engage with you on Twitter because that's usually where I am. But we are on all platforms. Also, make sure you catch us on YouTube. We're at SnobOSCast. Make sure you link and subscribe to our channel so that you get the alerts when a new show is posted. Also, feel free to leave us any comments, suggestions, thoughts, criticism, whatever it is you think you want to tell us. You can do that by going to our website, snobwestcast.com, or you can shoot us over an email. We're at snobwestcast at gmail.com. Also, there are a couple of ways that you can financially support our show. If you choose to do so, you can become a Patreon supporter and you can go to patreon.com slash snobblewestcast. And for $5 a month, you get access to our pre-show content, access to our live show taping, and also access to our chat community. Um, If you want an addition or as a second option, you can give us a one-time love offering via PayPal. We're at paypal.me slash snobos. And that is it for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Peace.